TheYeshiva.net. Here's the question. Why is it that Yaakov was successful with all of his children? Unlike Avram and Yitzchak, his father and grandfather, who had a Yishmal and an Esav, who would not continue and perpetuate the legacy and the lifestyle and the faith of their fathers, Yaakov Avinu was successful with all of his children. All of them turned out to be righteous and wholesome. Was it just that he hit the jackpot and all of his kids happened to be of a different quality? Or there was something maybe much deeper and there was something about Yaakov's own experience and attitude and avoida and perspective. Another question. When you face adversity in life, what is the proper approach? Is it a better approach to confront it but ultimately create borders and boundaries and not allow toxicity, adversity, challenge, negativity to affect you, to penetrate you, to get close to you? Or perhaps there's another approach, and that is you see the challenge as your ally. You become aware that deep down embedded in the toxicity is an opportunity for your growth. You don't see it as evil. You see it as a catalyst and a springboard for deep goodness. You transform the failure into a springboard for success and rejuvenation. What's the proper approach? Is it number one? Is it number two? Is it sometimes number one, sometimes number two? Can you get to number two without going through step one? These are some of the topics we're going to be addressing in the shir, which is going to be in a sikha, a talk on address of the Lubavitcher Rebbe on Parshish Vayetzeh. The Rebbe said this, Shabbos Parshish Vayetzeh, Yud Kislev Tovshin Chavov. That's Shabbos Vayetzeh, the 10th day of Kislev Tovshin Chavov, which would be December 4th, 1965. And it's published in Lekut Sichas, Chelek Yud, the first sikha of Parshish Vayetzeh. Let's learn insight. Seif Aleph. Alapo, Sigvayetze Yaakov Meir Shavavayelecharon, Isib Medrash. On the opening Pasuk, there's a Medrash Rabbe in this week, Bereshis Rabbe Parsha Samaches. The Medrash is perplexed by a very famous question, and that is the entire Pasuk is, seems superfluous, and not only that, somewhat perplexing. Why? It already says at the end of Parsha's told us that Yaakov Avinu left. Be'er Shava, Be'er Sheva, and he went to Padan Aram. It already says that he left. So Parshish Vayetze should continue the story. On the way to Charon, Why repeat again? Besides it being repetitive, it also seems incorrect, because he already left Be'er Sheva. He's not leaving now, Be'er Sheva. He's already on the road. It says that he left already. Now it should be on the way to Charon, things happened. He had a dream. He dreamt about the ladder, etc. This is what perturbs the Medrash. Rashi himself raises this question because it's perplexing. So the Medrash Rabbah explains that the Pasuk Vayetz Yaakov Vayetz is not a geographical Pasuk. It's not here to tell us where Yaakov Avinu left and where he was going. We already know that. Rather, this Pasuk is teaching us a particular theme about Yaakov's departure. Isib Medrash Me'be'er Shava, Yaakov left Be'er Shava. We're not only talking about the geographical location that he left in Be'er Shava. Be'er Shava represents Me'be'er Shal he left the well, Be'er is a well, the source, the, the, the wellspring is a source of water. It, it gives water. From it comes water, flows water. Like a Mayan Hamizgaber. So Be'er Shal Shvua, he left the well, the source of the Shvua. What does it mean he left the source of the Shvua? Let's remember, why is Be'er Shava called Be'er Shava? In Parshas Vayeda, we have a story that Avimelech, the king of Plishtim, came together with his uh, commander-in-chief, Fichel, 
to make a peace treaty with Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu rebuked him about the well that was stolen from him. And ultimately Avram Avinu gives him seven sheep to demonstrate that it's his well. And they make a covenant and they swear one to another that they will be peaceful terms for generations to come. And that's why it's called, that's why it's called Be'er Shava. The Pasuk says in Vayeda, Kisham Nishbu because they both took an oath to each other that they will have peaceful relationships. They make a treaty. The same thing happens later in Parshas Teldus with Avimelech and Fichel who come back to Yitzchak and once again want to make a peace treaty with him. And again, that place is called Be'er Shava. Vayetzei Yaakov me Be'er Shava doesn't only mean he left the city. He left Be'er Shel Shua. He left the place where this Shua was happening with Avimelech during Avram's era and during Yitzchak's era. Why would he leave? So the Medrash says, Amra Yaakov, Yaakov said, Shalayam, Adalai Avimelech, V'yomer, Hishavali, Kishem Shenishbali, Skeincha. If I would stay in Be'er what's going to happen? Just like Avimelech came to my Zaydan, just like Avimelech came to my father, he's going to come to me and say, Yaakov, let's make a peace treaty, let's, let's make a covenant, you don't bother me, I don't bother you for many generations, like he told Avram, don't bother me, don't bother my son, don't bother my child, don't lie to us, don't deceive us, don't harm us. He's gonna to want to, he did it with Avram, he did it with, he's gonna to want to do it with me. No, what's the problem? Make a peace treaty. As a result of that, the joy, the simcha of my child is gonna be delayed by seven generations. What does this mean? This is the Medrash. So the Rebbe explains, Avram made an oath to Avimelech that he will not interfere with the life of him or his son or his grandchild. As a result of that, the Jewish people could not enter Eretz Yisrael and conquer and settle Be'er Shava and the entire region of Eretz Yisrael with Avimelech's Melucha took place because Avram made a shvua that we're not going to interfere into your business and therefore the entry of the Jewish people was delayed seven generations until the fourth generation from Avimelech, which is discussed at length in Medrash Rabbah earlier in Parshas Vayeda by the story of the oath of Avram to Avimelech. And the Medrash says that when Avram Avinu gives seven sheep, Hashem says those seven sheep represent the delay of Jews entering the Israel for seven generations. From Avram, until the conquest of the lands of Sichin and Oig, on the Transjordan, through Moshe Rabbeinu. Seven generations pass. You have Avram, you have Yitzchak, you have Levi, you have Kohos, you have Amram, and you have, you have Avram, again, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Levi, Kohos, Amram, and Moshe. Moshe is the seventh, right? Kolashvin Chaviv. Moshe is the seventh from Avram Avinu. We all know Basilagani Achisikala. Seven Sadikim caused the Shechina to go up to the seventh heaven, and then seven Sadikim bring down the Shechina. Moshe brings it down. Moshe is number seven. Moshe Rabbeinu conquers Eretz Sichin Vayig, which is the beginning of the land of Canaan. It's seven generations. Yitzchak in the next generation makes another oath with Avimelech. And you know what happens? It extends another generation. Avimelech says, okay, let's go another generation. From Yitzchak, until the conquest of the land through Yahushua bin Nun, seven generations pass. From Yitzchak to Yahushua, seven generations. So this means that the entry into Yisrael is prevented yet some more time and one more died after the seven generations that finished by Avram. So Yitzchak delayed it yet more. Yitzchak 
even though the delay from between Avram and Yitzhak is not so long, because Eretz Sichin and Noig, Moshe Rabbeinu, took at the end of the 40 years, and then Yeshua went in, but still there was a delay. It was another generation from Yitzhak to Yeshua. Now Yaakov Avinu thought, you know what, if I make an oath, Ahimelech says, no problem, let's extend it Shemini for another generation. And now the Jews are going to have to procrastinate even longer, and tarry, and their entry into Yitzhak will be delayed. In other words, Oyder Noisef, another generation. That's Shadva Yetze Yaakov Meber Shava is not talking about geography. Yaakov Avinu decided, I will not have, take part in this. I am not, I'm not interested in staying in Be'er Shava and being with Avimelech and making a peace treaty with Avimelech and making a covenant with him and he'll swear to me and I'll swear to him and what's going to happen? My, this, my kindalach are going to have to delay their entry into Yisrael even more because how can I go into Yisrael and conquer the region where Avimelech is the Melech or Avimelech's descendants are the Melech. We can't do it. We made an oath and the oath lasted another generation. It's going to take even longer. If I yetzi Yaakov Be'er Shava, Yaakov says, I'm done with this bind with this crippling effect of the oath to Avimelech. I'm not going to be, be, be part of this, this sort of place where the Shavuah happened. He leaves Be'er Shava. He's going to be in Chara and Avimelech is not going to ask for a peace treaty and therefore the Jews will be able to go into Eretz Yisrael. Before we get to the questions, one footnote. The Matnas Kohuna on Medrash Rabbah brings an interpretation that Yitzchak Avinu did not delay the Jewish people entering into Eretz Yisrael because he didn't create a new covenant. He just reinforced his father's covenant. That's what the Matnas Kohuna says. Take a look in the other three. You see? That Yaakov was afraid he's going to delay it more. According to the first interpretation of the Matnas Kohuna, Yitzchak never delayed them. He didn't make a new oath. He just said... <coughs> Avimelech wanted that the first oath that existed between Yitzchak's father and Avimelech should continue in the life of Yitzchak. He shouldn't annul it. He shouldn't resign it. He shouldn't rescind it. He shouldn't obliterate it. And Yaakov was afraid that he will now make a shvuah and delay it another seven generations. This kush is difficult. Yaakov could have done the same thing. He could have renewed the same Shavu of Avram, just like his father did. Yaakov could have said the same thing. What's the big deal? Why was Yaakov afraid? Yaakov could tell Avimelech, I'll stay in Be'er Shava and I'll renew the treaty of Avram. So we're not going to delay their entry into Eretz Yisrael more. Whatever was caused by Avram's Shavu and was maintained by Yitzchak's Shavu will be maintained by Yaakov's Shavu. What's the problem? Why is Yaakov afraid? Base the Medrash B'Reish Zutasham in Medrash Bereish Zuta, he doesn't say the oath of your grandfather, the oath of your grandfather and your father. From this, you see that Yitzchak added something. He delayed it in ter- he delayed the entry into Yisrael one more generation, and Avimelech now wanted Yaakov should not just maintain the old Shvidi; he should add something new. In other words, grant. P, create a treaty with Avimelech for yet one more generation, which will delay the process of the Jewish people going into Eretz Yisrael. The first Pirish is, Yitzchak did what Avram did the same thing, but Yaakov was afraid there's going to be another seven generations. The Rebbe says it's more logical to interpret it like the second Pshat of Matnas Kohuna. Yitzchak added a generation, and Yaakov was afraid to add one more generation. 
we have to understand. Both Avram and Yitzchak made an oath to Avimelech. They were not afraid that as a result of their oath, the Jewish people's entry into Eretz Yisrael will be obstructed. And therefore they did not relocate from Be'er Shava in order to avoid the need to make a treaty with Avimelech. So why suddenly Yaakov Avinu is the one who is terrified and overwhelmed from fear that he is not going to make a covenant with Avimelech to the point that he has to relocate and leave Be'er Shava and go to Haran. If his father Yitzchak and his Eid Avram, who cared plenty about the Jewish people and cared about Eretz Yisrael, they, for whatever reason, whatever reason, they were not afraid, they were not concerned. Avimelech wants a peace treaty, yeah. He wants to be at peace with us, we're going to make a peace treaty, we're going to take an oath. For whatever reason, they were not afraid. What happened suddenly in the third generation by Yaakov, you know, that he feels no way. Remember, Avram could have also relocated. It's not the first time he moved. Avram even lived in different places. He was in Hebron many years. He could have moved to Bershav. I don't want to make a peace treaty with Avimelech. Yitzchak could have done the same thing. He also moved around at different points in Eretz Yisrael. They did not. They felt they could stay in Bershav. Yaakov Avinu feels differently. Why? What happened? By Yitzchak, Yaakov Bershav, he has to relocate and go to a completely different area. Now, you might say, you might answer it very simply. Take a look in footnote number four. The Yafei Toyer says, he didn't leave Beersheba for this reason. He left Beersheba because he had to run away from Esav and because his father told him to leave to go get a Shidduch. There were two other reasons he left. The Mendes is just saying, Derech Agav, there was a Gevaldik Maila by escaping from Esav and following the instruction of his father and mother to go get a Shidduch by Lavan. There was a side benefit. The side benefit is he got rid of the Shvuah. Not that that's why he left. He wouldn't have left. But this is just a side benefit. That's what the Medrash means. The Rebbe says, footnote four, if you look at the Medrash there, in the continuation of the Medrash, it says another explanation. What's Be'er Shava? He went away, he went away, from the source of the brachas, the place where he got the brachas of Yitzchak, because he felt that if he stays there, what's going to happen? Esav is going to get back the brachas. And that's why he left. Either Esav will threaten to kill him if he doesn't give him the brachas, or Esav somehow will force his hand to get the, to give him back the brachas. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that he wanted to leave anyway, but this was a side benefit. No, this is the reason he left. He left because... He took, he took the brachas. The language in the Medrash over there is, first, and the second pshat is, the third pshat. He was afraid of Esav. Esav is going to attack him and is going to want back the brachas. That's the reason he leaves. The manager doesn't mean it's a side benefit. So the same is true in the first meaning. It doesn't mean that wasn't the reason. No, it means it was the reason. And that's what it sounds like in Medrash. What does the Medrash say? He said, I don't want Avimelech to make a peace treaty with me, and that's why I'm leaving. So this means this is the reason he is relocating. Are you going to say, it doesn't say that in Chumash, it says in Chumash he left because Avimelech. It says in Chumash he left because Esav wanted to kill him, and Rivka said, go. And Yitzchak sent him away to get a shidduch. 
Yitzchak said, I don't want you to take a girl from here. Go to Lavan, go to the house of your mother's brother, and get a, get a shidduch there. That's the reason. He says, it's not a contradiction. <laughs> it could be he left for different reasons, and each one itself was sufficient. Two of the reasons are articulated in Tereshe B'Ksav, and another reason is articulated in Tereshe B'Alpeh, and is intimated in Tereshe B'Ksav, and each one is a sufficient reason to leave. Here is the big question of Rome and Yitzchak don't feel this way. And Yaakov Avinu feels this way and he's ready to relocate. Now we have the opposite question. How is it, Taka, that Avram and Yitzchak, the patriarchs of the Jewish people, are ready to make a peace treaty with Avimelech and make an oath that they're not going to enter into his territory for generations, and they are not concerned that Klal Yisrael's destiny to go into Eretz Yisrael is going to be prevented, is going to be delayed? Why aren't they scared? So we have two opposite questions. On one hand, why is Yaakov being more diligent than Avram and Yitzchak? If, they, if they're fine, why can't he be fine? If they don't move out, why does he have to move out? Conversely, why are they taken not scared? Why is it that Avram and Yitzchak are ready to make such a peace treaty with Avimelech if it can have such disastrous consequences? They're ready to take an oath. So you might say, well, they didn't know. They just made a peace treaty. One said, but Yaakov didn't know. <laughs> Yaakov knew, so they also knew. So what was the cheshben of Avram and Yitzchak versus Yaakov? So as always, the Rebbe is going to show us it's not an issue of Avram and Yitzchak were sinning and Yaakov decided not to sin. Avram and Yitzchak, every person serves Hashem according to his neshama, according to his shlichus, according to the trajectory that the Rebbe Shalom creates for him in this world. Everybody has the tools and the resources to fulfill their mission. And my mission is not your mission. My avoid is not your avoid. The first two generations of Judaism was one type of avoid of Ram and Yitzchak. Then we come to a third generation, Yaakov Avinu, where the avoid develops into stage two. And you can only get to stage two after you went through Avram and Yitzchak. It was two different types of avoiders. The one encapsulated through Avram and Yitzchak, even though between Avram and Yitzchak there were also many differences, but that's a separate sugya. And then we come to the avoid of Yaakov. Mitzad the avoid of Avram and Yitzchak, there could be an oath with Avimelech. Mitzad the avoid of Yaakov Avinu, there is no room for such a type of oath with Avimelech, as we will see. Siv beis habiur matzinu dechaluka dargas malas uchlav ram mitzuk dargas malas uchlav Yaakov eshal pizei vurgam kin hefrishu sedi shemina vadas uchlav ram mitzuk lezuchlav Yaakov. The, the spiritual state of Avram and Yitzchak is different than the spiritual Madrega of Yaakov. And this will explain to us a fundamental difference between the Avayda of Avram and Yitzchak versus the Avayda of Yaakov. Avram, Yotzim Emenu Yishmo, Yitzchak, Yotzim Emenu Esav. Chazal tell us in Vayikra Rabbah, Parshal Amidvav, in Mesechta Psachim Dafnun Vav, in Sifri, it's all there in footnote 5. Avram, Yishmo, left. Avram, Yotzim Emenu Yishmo. Who emerged from Avram Avinu, a Yishmo? And who emerged from Yitzchak, an Esav? The Medrash says in Parshas B'chukhoisai, it says, V'zacharti es brisi Yitzchak, v'af es brisi Avram, Esker. V'zacharti es brisi Yaakov, v'af es brisi Yitzchak, v'af es brisi Avram, Esker, v'eretz Esker. By Yitzchak and Avram, it says the word af, which means wrath, anger, not by Yaakov. Why? Because Yaakov mitasi shleima. Yaakov's bed was wholesome. Avram yotzim emenu yishmo, Yitzchak yotzim emenu esav. The same is true, the Gemara in Pesachim Dafnun Vav, the Gemara says that when Yaakov was on his deathbed, the Shechina left him. And he was afraid, Shema Yesh P'sul maybe one of his children is spiritually and morally blemished. And that's when they told him, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekin Hashem Echad Kshem Shem Belibcheleach Kachem Belibeinu Alechad. Just like in your heart is one, in our heart is only one. And that's when Yisrael says, Baruch Shem Kved Malchus Elohim Vat. That's why we say, Baruch Shem Kved Malchus Elohim Vat in Krishna after Shema Yisrael, because that's what his response was to say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekin Hashem Echad. He was thanking the Rebbeinu Shalelem that Mitos Yishlema, his entire family is wholesome. Hainu Shishmol Ve'esav Avshahayu B'nei Avram B'Yitzchak. 
Yishmael and Esav were children of Avram and Yitzchak. Because Nonetheless, who emerges from Avram a Yishmael and an Esav. And the diuk, the expression of Chazal is Yatsam Emenu. What does it mean Yatsam Emenu? They emerged from him, but also Yatsam, like Vayetze Yaakov. They left him. They ultimately separated from the intense holiness and life and harmony of Avram and Yitzchak. He says he gives in quotation marks. The holiness, the sacredness, the godliness of Ram and Yitzchak and their Avoida ultimately did not manage to, to unread him. Lehigiu means to reach and to touch. <laughs> to touch, right? It didn't manage to touch them, to move them to the point that they will be transformed into goodness. Of course, it had an impact on them. We'll soon see. But ultimately, it didn't manage to redefine them into ultimate children, descendants of Avram and Yitzchok, who carry on their legacy, their emunah, their connection to Hashem. Something unique about Yaakov, Maile Shaloi. Chazal say his entire bed was wholesome. His avayda penetrated and affected all of his 12 children that they should be shleimim. They should be wholesome. And what do we mean wholesome? Wholesome in relationship to their ya- to Yaakov and his level. Wholesome, each and every one of them perpetuates Kal Yisrael. Each and every one of them is a father of all the Jewish people till the end of the generations, till the end of all generations. Each and every one of them becomes a descendant who carries on the torch and the fire of Yaakov Avinu, the Amun of Yaakov Avinu, the Yiddishkeit, Each of them belongs to Beis Yisrael, unlike Yishmal, who ultimately moves away from Avram, and his life, you know, follows a very different trajectory. And the same is true with Esau. Yishmal becomes the father of, of, of other nations that are not part of the tradition of Yiddishkeit. And of course, Esau as well, the grandfather of Amalek, etc. Even though all of the others are defined as the Merkava, Merkava is a chariot. And the marshal, it's an expression in the Medrash. And the marshal of a chariot is when I get into the car. I don't have to fight with the car. I tell the car, I want to go to Manhattan. The car says, no, we're going to Miami. Or the car says, we're not going anywhere. If the car says, we're not going anywhere, that sometimes happens, but it means it's not a car, it's dead. You got to get a tote. The definition of a Merkava, you go on your horse, you go into a chariot, it doesn't have its own agenda, and then it has to struggle with you and fight with you. The definition of the horse and the chariot is, I am here for you, I'm your facilitator. Vudeville's gain, I'm here, he named me. That's the definition. What were the others in this world? The others were the Merkava for the Rebbeinu. The definition, the identity of the others was not, I have an identity. Now I think the best way to live is to do God's will, or not. Havas in the Merkava means their entire identity was, I am a conduit to facilitate Hashem's will in the world. There's no ego, there's no self-consciousness. I'm just a conduit. Their Neshamas are Neshamas from Elam Hatzilas. We all know in the system of the world, the highest world is called the world of Hatzilas. That's a world in which divine oneness and consciousness and harmony is completely manifest and pervasive. And that is what their souls are. That's how they live in this world. Every Neshama comes from Hatzilas. Neshama Shemasat Abitari, every Neshama. But every Neshama goes through an evolution. The neshamas of the avos retain the identity, the quality of Elam Atzilus. Nonetheless, there's a difference between them. And one of the differences is also expressed the way they serve Hashem in relations to those things that are the antithesis of goodness and holiness. Yaakov's avoider was 
to refine the negativity and toxicity and transform it to goodness for eternity. In other words, to redo it, to a makeover, a transformation, to excavate its ultimate core and essence and reveal that it's good and completely transform it. Avram and Yitzchak, this was not their primary Even though certainly they impacted their children, Avram impacted Yishmael, and it says that the end of Yishmael did tshuva at the end of his life. That's why Rashi brings that at the funeral of Avram Avinu, Yitzchak and Yishmael went together, and Yishmael let Yitzchak go first. Yishmael did tshuva. And by Esav it says, in Vayishlach, that he runs to meet Yaakov. And he, he hugs him and he kisses him. And at least one of the opinions is that he kissed him with all of his heart. In other words, there was a genuine transformation where Esau really wants to be close to Yaakov. That's true. But it doesn't endure. It doesn't endure for the generations afterwards, not by Yishmael, not by Esau. The obvious, Avram impacted Yishmael. He tried to influence him. He was his child. Yitzchak impacted Esau. He certainly loved Esau and tried to influence him. But ultimately, they were not transformed. Avram and Yitzchak's avoider would not transform their rat into goodness. There was an impact, but it didn't have an endurance because there was no real metamorphosis and transformation. It means that Avram and Yitzchak, even though they were so holy, and their wives as well, Sarah, and even Yishmael's mother, Hagar, was no small person, and certainly Esau's mother was Rivka. Nonetheless, these children, Yatsamehem, they emerged from them, but they also left them. They departed from them. The Kedusha of Avram and Yitzchak didn't penetrate these children to transform them, to affect them to the point that they should become a replica and a continuation of the Avais. By Yaakov, his Avoida, his personal, his personality, his Neshama, penetrated and affected all of his children that they should continue his path. Each of them remains a Jew. Yishmal moved on. Did he take some things from Avram Avinu? Of course he took things from Avram Avinu. Not only that, it says about Yishmael himself that he did tshuva at the end of his life, but it didn't last, it didn't continue. It's not like he and his family went back to Avram Avinu and they continue that tradition. And the same is true with Esau. Esau, did he take things from Yitzchak? Of course he took things from Yitzchak. And he loved Yitzchak, and Yitzchak loved him, and he respected Yitzchak. And Chazal said that the kibbutz of Esau was beyond Leilo Leilo. There were certainly special things about Esau. But to say that Esau continued the legacy of Yitzchak Avinu, the faith, the monotheism, the amuna, the commitment, the Yerushim, it's not the case. With Yaakov Avinu, every one of the children, even though they were different, and even though there were different challenges in the family, ultimately they sell Yosef into slavery. And he goes down to Egypt. There's a story with Reuven, with Bilha. There's a story of Yehuda and Tamar. There's a story of Yaakov was upset at Shimon and Levi. Yaakov was upset at Reuven. Etc. You go through Chumash. People were asking in the in the comments. People were asking, "What do you mean the Shvatim also? They went through different stuff. Emes, there were Aliyas, there were Yeridis, but ultimately they all remain Jews. Klal Yisrael comes from each one of the twelve Shvatim. There were Jews that came from Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yudi, Sachazul, Don, Aftali, God, Asher, Yosef, Binyamin, and Yosef, Ephraim, and Menashe. At some point, the ten, many, most of the ten Shvatim were were exiled. And we lost touch with them. But there's still Jews today from all the Shvatim. The other Shvatim are a minority, not a majority. In other words, all the children of Yaakov Avinu continued the Messiah of Knesset Yisrael. They continued the Derech of Yaakov Avinu. They all went to Mitzrayim and ultimately stood at Maimon Har Sinai and began the story of the Jewish people in this world. Each one of them, Mitasei Shlema. It doesn't mean that different Shvatim didn't go through different things relative to their level. You can't say that about Esau. You can't say that about Yishmael. So there's a major difference here. I, Avram Avinu and Yitzchak, were the others. Ha'avos ain't in Amerkav and their neshamas was so great, he says, Emes. But there was a difference in their avoida of dealing with that which is not holiness. 
Yaakov confronted the negativity and transformed it. Avram and Yitzchak did not. So even though Yishmol did tshuva, and even though Esav had his moments, and it says, at least there's one opinion in Rashi and Yishlach, next week's parsha, that when Esav kissed Yaakov, when they came together after 20 years, it was genuine and authentic. Nonetheless, it did not endure. Ultimately, Esav went his own way, and his, his, uh, his story drifted away. So now let's continue inside. 40, you see, 40, the second paragraph. <laughs> And even though Avram and Yitzchak were involved in the Avaid of Birudim, the word Birudim, like the word Boyer in Hilche Shabbos, in Arachayim Simon Shin Yutes, means selecting, removing the good from the bad, sifting, separating. The word Boyer means to select, also to clarify. So even though Avram and Yitzchak were involved in Avaid of Birudim, as the Gemara says in Saiteb Avram, Alapasik, Vayikr Sham Beshem Hashem Kailaylam, Altikr Vayikr El Vayakri Malamit Shikri Avram Avin Elish Meshlakadish Baruch Bufikalayv Vashav. The Gemara says on the Pasik in Vayeda, Avram planted a garden in Beishava, and he called out in the name of Hashem, the God of the world. And the Gemara says it doesn't say, it says Vayikra, but Altikr Vayikr El Vayakri. You could read it in a Sefer Torah, not Vayikra, but Vayakri, meaning it's not just he called out, he influenced other people to call out. That Avram Avinu inspired every person who passed by, every person who passed by his garden, his hotel, his home. He inspired within them the desire and the awareness and the yearning to call out in the name of Hashem, to appreciate that, that there's a creator, there's oneness. So this is not, Avram Avinu is not in isolation. Avram Avinu is changing the world. And who is he changing? He's changing people who are foreign. Even Yitzchak, who he doesn't say clearly in Chumash this notion, but it's explained in Svar that Yitzchak's avoid of digging the wells was not just Yitzchak was looking for water. Yeah, he was looking for water, but Yitzchak wasn't just digging wells. The avoid of digging wells was, it's, it's brought in Svar that Yitzchak would dig wells, and remember, wells were the central attraction. Everybody came to the wells because you needed water. That's why, uh, as we spoke about this, when we speak, we spoke about this in the Shir of, of, uh, of last week, Chayesara, the Maim of Ayachbiru, yeah? That Eliezer met Rivka at the well, and Moshe Rabbeinu met Zipoyer at the well, and Yaakovinu met Rachel at the well. So Yitzchok created all these new sources of water, and people came, and it was an opportunity to influence them. Also, the concept of digging wells <coughs> is that Yitzchok was looking for the Be'er Mayim Chayim, spiritually, looking to find the Nitzat Zalaki, the Alakus, that's under the earth, under the gravel. Sometimes you look at yourself, you look at somebody else, and there's just earth and filth. But Yitzchak Avinu says, take a shovel and dig and excavate, and you'll find the godliness, the living water. So Avram and Yitzchak are not just living in an isolated cocoon, they move to heaven, and they're not interested in anything that's challenging. They're involved in changing the world. Nonetheless, Primarily, their avoid, when it came to toxicity, when it came to negativity, it was more about negating it, pushing it away. Their focus was that there is negativity in the world, there is toxicity in the world, there is brokenness in the world, there is immorality in the world. Their focus was, let's not allow it to disturb, to obstruct, to overwhelm Kedusha. But not that they themselves should become metamorphosized and transformed into Tevon Gedusha. 
הרי תכניסו מטרסה של לסוס בעניין נהירה, פעולוסה ממייסה באופן של שלילה, ביטל הייסנגרס ולא יבירר מציוס. Their main matara, their main tachlis, their main purpose in dealing with situations, with people, with circumstances that were challenging the truth, the emes of Avram and Yitzchuk, the main tachlis was to negate it. There should not be opposition, to get rid of the opposition, but not binur hametzias, not sudurachton, to work with the ra and transform it into toiv. Mashen ken beyakov, Yaakov, the Pesach says, Yaakov and what's the end of the Pesach? He goes into Chodon. What's Chodon? Chodon, Av Shalmokim. As Rashi says at the end of Parshas Noyach, Chodon means anger from the word V'chora, Av Hashem. Chodon, Av Shalmokim. It's called Chodon because it's so Kavayochel, the place of God's wrath, God's anger. He goes into Chodon, Av Shalmokim, Ba'olam. He goes into that place where there's anger. And what does it mean, there's anger? It's something that's disturbing. V'sham, Avedosi, Upolosi, Pulichiyuvis, Levaradam, Alavcham, Lagdush. And he spends there 20 years. His avoid is a positive avoid, Not just to neutralize it. Not just to create a boundary. Not just to make sure that it doesn't affect him and doesn't affect Kedusha. No, he does something positive. He works through it. This is the Birur. He works through the Psalus. And he elevates it and he transforms it into holiness. To understand this, it's, it's generally the difference between the avoid of the Tzadik and the Baal Tshuva. HaTzadik What's the tzaddik? And we're talking here about the real, the, the ideal tzaddik discussed at length in the first section of Tanya. The tzaddik is somebody, he has no connection with it. He has no connection with brokenness and negativity. Even as the Tanya says, even a machshav zara, an alien thought, that doesn't belong to Achtus Hashem, that doesn't belong to the oneness of the world and the oneness of life, it doesn't enter his mind because he's a transformed person internally. So his entire inner identity and therefore his thoughts and his words and his actions and his inner cravings and emotions all belong to the realm of the oneness of Hashem. What's a Baal a Baltruva, we're not talking about culturally what we call a Baltruva, somebody who grew up here. We're talking about the, the, a model of a person. A Baltruva is somebody who struggles. And it could be that the struggle is so deep that he actually failed. And he failed a lot. And he stumbled. And what does he do? He takes his ra, he takes his mistakes, and he transforms them into Kedusha to the point that the Gemara says in Meseches, Yumadav Pevav, as he put, points out in footnote 17, as we spoke about many times, that when somebody does real tshuva out of love, the sins themselves become mitzvahs. In other words, it's not just he runs away from sin. The tzaddik runs away from zdoinus. He runs away from failure. He runs away from Ra. Again, we're talking here, you know, two ideals. Within every person, there's different states and different fluctuations. One day I could be more in this state. One, I could, one, one day I can be more in this state. We're talking here about two models, two, you know, two concepts. How it applies to each person's life. That's called Chadda from Shura Delay. But the Tzaddik is somebody who lives, he lives in a world of challenge. But he doesn't engage it. He stays away from the Ra. And that's an Avaidah. It's not, it's not a small thing. He stays away from it. So he creates very clear boundaries, and even a machshava zara, a machshava zara, doesn't fall into it. It, it doesn't doesn't enter into his space. When it comes to a, a baltruva, a baltruva is not just a machshava zara falls into him. That's even a benini. Could be he fell, he failed, and he stumbled, and he made bad mistakes and bad choices, consciously, unconsciously, deliberately, inadvertently, or both. And now he comes 
and he has to work it through. He has to find the primius of it. He has to transform it. This doinus have to become zachius. In other words, the failure itself has to be transformed into a springboard for a new awareness, for renaissance, for rejuvenation, for transformation. This is just an example to explain the difference between the avoid of Avram and Yitzchak and the avoid of, of Yaakov. Avram and Yitzchak, of course they affected Esav, and of course they affected Yishmael. But ultimately, Esav and Yishmael don't become part of the story of Avram and Yitzchak. They go their own way. Yaakov mitos all the children are affected. All the children become tzaddik. So what's the, what's, what's the teichen? Because Avram and Yitzchak's avoida did not permeate Ra to transform it. Yishmael and Esav were people that had big nisyonis, had big challenges. So Avram and Yitzchak remained very holy. And part of that holiness affected the children. But to say that it penetrated and redefined Yishmael and Esav, it did not. Yatsum amenu Yishmael, Yatsum amenu Esav. And ultimately they had to go their own way. There was a pido, there was a separation. Esav had a son, Aliphaz. Aliphaz had a son, Amalek. And we know what happened there. Completely drifted away. I, we see Avram Avinu worked with the world. Avram Avinu was Makar of people. Avram Avinu, Vayikra Shom B'Shem Hashem Kelo Elam. Yitzchak Avinu did the same. Emes. Emes. That's true. Nonetheless, just like Yishmael and Yitzchak and Esav, that did not have a kiyum. It didn't have an endurance. As we're going to see in a moment in the footnotes. Because even though they were Isaac and Avedis Abidudim, but generally, and they certainly affected a lot of people. And we know that Avramavinu brought back to Hashem so many people, as we'll soon see the words of the Rambam, when the footnotes will learn the words of the Rambam. Nonetheless, it did not have the endurance, just like Yishmael also did Shuvah, but it didn't endure. In other words, Sadnish Durch Genomen in Gansin, it didn't transform them completely. Why not? Because the main avoid of Avram and Yitzchak was to make sure that the Ra doesn't affect the Kedusha. That was the main avoid. Yaakov Avinu was a new Chiddush. The Chiddush of Yaakov Avinu was not just to neutralize the opposition, but to redefine their Metzius, to be Mavada the Metzius. When Avram and Yitzchak come to a place of Ra, they back off. They will not allow the Ra to, 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 to affect them. They will try to affect it, but ultimately there's a Mechitza that's created. Yaakov Avinu comes to a place of Ra. What's his avoid? His avoid is... I'm not, what does he tell to, what does he tell the Malach when he fights with him a whole night? A whole night. <laughs> I'm not going to send you away until you bless me. It's not enough for me to get rid of you. No, 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 no. I'm going to transform you. I need you to bless me. I need the bracha to come from you. I'm going to go into Charan. Avram Avinu doesn't go into Charan. Avram Avinu runs away from Charan. He travels the world. He leaves Eretz Yisrael, but he goes away from Chara. Yitzchak Avinu can't leave Eretz Yisrael. He's born in Eretz Yisrael, and he stays in Eretz Yisrael his whole life. He's an Eilat Mimah. Even though he does Avayda of Birudim. Yaakov Avinu goes back into Chara. Yaakov has a shlichus. His shlichus is to go into Charan, which is Charan Avshal Makam. It's a place of negativity and transform it into Kedusha. Not just neutralize it. Not just build a mechitzah that it doesn't affect me or my children. He transforms the Ra. He, when he confronts Ra, he says, I'm going to work you through until you become Kedusha. It's a whole different Avaidah. And where do you see it? You see it in the difference of the children. When Yitzchak faces an Esav, he could try to do what he wants, but ultimately he'll, he'll love him and he'll try to impact him and he'll accomplish things. And Esav will kiss Yaakov with his whole heart. The same is true of Ram and Yishmael. 
says in Pirkei de Belezer that even after Avram Avinu expelled Yishmol, Avram Avinu went to visit him. He went to visit him a few times. I don't know if you know this. A whole mice in Pirkei de Belezer, he went to visit Yishmol, and Yishmol's wife would not show him any hospitality. And ultimately Yishmol ended up divorcing that woman. And then he marries another woman. Her name is Patima, which by the way is very interesting because in Islam, Patima I think is considered the daughter of Muhammad. So Pirkei de Belezer, Yishmol's second wife was Patima. And when Avramovino came, she showed him hospitality, and he said, ah, now I know this, it's the house of Avramovino. And the Medrash says, Yishmol came home and he heard who was there, because he wasn't home, he was at work. He realized that his father still loves him. Ah, fascinating. And at the end, he does tshuva. There's a relationship, there's a connection, but it doesn't endure. Yishmol's family ultimately drifts away from Avramovino's legacy. Because when they confront the Ra, they will create, they will try to impact it, but ultimately, their job is to make sure that the Kedusha is not affected. By Yaakov Avinu he also had challenges with his children. Not like he didn't have challenges with his children. It's not that Yaakov Avinu hit the, hit the jackpot. We learn, Avram and Yitzchak, okay, it was Nebuch, you know, OTD, kids that OTD. Of the, and Yaakov hit the jackpot, Baruch Hashem, all the kids did well in yeshiva. <laughs> they didn't have dyslexic, they weren't dyslexic, they didn't have learning disabilities, they didn't have trauma. <laughs> They didn't have attachment disorder. You're familiar with what's going on. They didn't have an issue with uh, self-esteem. Baruch Hashem, nobody hurt them in school. Nobody hurt them in the house. Nobody hurt them Friday night in shul. They did well in cheder. They were complimented. They were built up. So therefore, mitas yishlema. Yishmal and esav, whatever. Yishmal was 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 ADHD, ADD with another uh, many other diagnoses. All day he was in the field shooting animals, hunting. It's much deeper than that. That's what the sikh is teaching us. It's much deeper. It's not only about the children. It's about the parents. Yaakov Avinu mitasei shleima. You know why? Because he saw mitasei shleima. He made sure that all of his children will be shalim. Because when Yaakov Avinu confronted a challenge, he didn't run away. He didn't block it off. He didn't just say it's not going to disturb the rest of the family. Yaakov Avinu's avoider was to show that there's no real Ra in the world. That Ra is only there to transform it. It's an avoider. The Tzaddik doesn't have to do that. The Tzaddik has a different avoider. By the Tzaddik there is Ra. The Balchuvah says, no, I'm going to make from the Ra toives. It's a different shlichus. It's a different avoider. It's not right or wrong. It's a different avoider. That's the chiddush of Yaakov. When he has a child who's struggling, Yaakov's avina avoider is not just, maybe I'll be nice, we'll make a mechitza, I'm going to make sure he's not going to affect me. Yaakov Avinu sees it only as an opportunity for transformation. Yaakov Avinu will not let it go. I will not let you go until I find that you are Emes Toiv and Kedusha. With such an attitude, of course, you can't have a bad kid. <laughs> You typhus. Take a Yosef. Take a Yosef. Yeah. The brothers were very upset at Yosef. They didn't like Yosef. Malach is going to take over the whole world. Everybody's going to bow down to him. The sun and the moon, the stars, the sheaves. The brothers were jealous. Yaakov Avinu preserved. He preserved. What's the difference? Yaakov Avinu He saw in Yosef what other people didn't see. Other people looked at Yosef, the black sheep of the family. Busy, he's ambitious, he's going to take over the world. And Yosef said, This child has a special shlichus. It's a different approach. 
It's, and it's not they're wrong, he's right. It's who you are. It's an Ashama thing. You can't change your Ashama. Avram and Yitzchak's Avoida was the Avoida to create and bring out Hashem in the world but prim- and affect people as much as they can. But primarily their, their dealing with Ra was don't allow the Ra to affect you or to affect the people who are connected with Kedusha. And that's, that's big. That's big. <laughs> it's called boundaries, borders. Yaakov Avinu goes one step deeper. Yaakov says, there's a charon, I'm going to show that charon can also be transformed. Therefore, with every child is mitasir shlem. Let's take a look at footnote number 14. Big question. It says Avram Avinu converted people. Rashi says in Parshish Lechelcha, HaNefesh Asher Asu Becharon. It comes from B'Rei Shisraba, it comes from Zoyar. Uberambam Hilches Avay Dezada Peidak Aleph Allah Gimel. We learned this Rambam together. You remember what the Rambam says? Vayikru sham b'shem Hashem kelo elamachin iskapzu elav alafim uravavus veim anshi beis Avram v'shosa b'libni kenagad laza. Avram influenced and he gathered thousands, myriads of people. These are all the people of the house of Avram, and he pl- implanted in them the great fundamental truth of Hashem. Harelo hayolahem hemshech v'kiyon emes. But none of it lasted. Where are all the people that Avram converted? Where are all the people that Avram influenced? The Meiri, I believe, says in his Agdamat Pekiyavis that Avram Avinu affected half of humanity, or close to half of humanity, or more than half of humanity. What happened to them? Nothing. They all disappeared. Just like Yishmael also did Shuva, but it didn't remain. Only Bnei Yisrael, the children of Yisrael, maintained the identity and they became a nation that was dedicated and became aware of Hashem. Ein Rambam Shem, as the Rambam discusses in Hilchis of Hedazar, the Pedek Aleph at length. One of the great chassidim of the Balatanya was a Jew known as Reb Yitzchak Isaac Halevi Epstein. Epstein. He was the Rav of Hamil, or as the Russians like to say, Gomil. He was a big gun. He wrote quite a few svarim. One of them is Chana Ariel, Parshas Vayera. So he's known as Reb Isaac Hamiler. Reb Isaac Hamiler, he was the Rav of Hamil. He was, uh, <laughs> to the sun. He was, you know, then there was the, he came from the world of known then as the Misnagdim, the opponents to Chassidus. And he, he used to finish Shas a whole year. Every year he would finish the whole Shas and make a Siyum, Erev Pesach. He was a Pchayr, he made a Siyum on the whole Shas. Uh, when he became a chassid <laughs> from the Balatanya, his father, who was a chashavayid, an erlechayid, but very opposed to chassidus, sat shiva. You know, when Jew, when kids would convert, parents would sit shiva. So when he became a chassid, it was considered like he joined a cat, he joined a cult. I don't know if you know this, there were parents who sat shiva on their children. So, some Some prominent parents. He, he, he tore his clothes and he sat shiva seven days that his child died. He spiritually, little did he know that his child had chiyas hamesim. <laughs> he thought he should have made sheva bracha seven days, but he sat shiva. Uh, it was devastating for him. The next day of Pesach, he saw that his son made a siyum on shas. <laughs> he, felt, he thought, he heard, you're going to the, to the balatanya, you there's no learning anymore. <laughs> There's no Judaism. Uh, it's all over. So he sat shiva. He realized the next set of Pesach, his son made a siyam ashas. He calmed down. Somebody told me the other day that Rav Cook said once about Rabbi Isaac Hamala that he's did a bakiva eger of chsidus, bakiva eger of chabad chsidus. Interesting. So he writes, Rabbi Isaac Hamala writes, Al yidei avidosish lavram avinu al vashon leidil libnei adam mibnei noyach tivish lakadosh baruch hu. 
Pchinis keil oylem lefisha ki loynis skaimu bezoyse amune vayidiyakim beis achur shalom bin olav shalom. The avoid of Avram was to tell everybody about Hashem, and nonetheless, it did not endure. When Avram Avinu passes away, they're all gone. We don't see them. We don't hear about them. Avram had this whole, this whole malucha, this whole spiritual empire. The Rambam says tens of thousands of people. And remember, there were much less people alive then than today. This is the much earlier in history. We're talking about almost 4,000 years ago. Avram Avinu creates a revolution. But what happens? It doesn't last. Why not? Because he didn't transform them completely. He affected them. He influenced them. They were drawn in. But you know, you can draw people in. You can mesmerize them. You can affect them. You can make changes. But ultimately, when you're gone, it doesn't last. Why? You all know, you have been at events or been with people and you were mesmerized. You were like, wow, wow, this is amazing, this is amazing. But then comes Corona and you go back to your loch, to your hole, and it's over. Why? Because it wasn't, it didn't transform me. It affected me, it inspired me, it uplifted me, but ultimately it's not transformation. Avram Avinu affected all these people, but to say that they were metamorphosized, they became new people, no. And ultimately, as time went on, Avram Avinu passed away, or he went away, it you know, fizzled out, you go back. Yaakov, that would not happen. Yaakov, whatever he touches, he transforms. They become holy. Not just Yishmael gets affected. Yaakov transforms the Ra. Like the Balchuvas, Doinis, Naso Loikazachis. He redefines the Ra. Charoin Av Shalmakim. That's a whole different avoid. He continues, he says in footnote 14. So it's explained elsewhere, Giyur doesn't mean conversion like conversion. It means, before Matan Torah, what, what does Geirus mean? He brought them into the wings of the Shechina, but it didn't last. The Lubavitch Rebbe wants to suggest something and say, I'll explain to you the difference. It says, Whenever you see in Shas mentioning a ger, it says, ger a convert who converted. Well, it's not a convert who converted. It should have said, just like you say, a child who became an adult, who became a mitzvah. You don't say, or it says, you don't say ben chayin shenistachir, a slave who was emancipated. Besides, by a gentile, it doesn't say goyshin is guy. It says geishin is guy. Geishin is guy. It's not a geishin is guy. Goyshin is guy. Much geishin is guy. Katan shenayel adam. So the chidos says even before he converted, he was a ger. The reason a ger, the reason a ger is compelled to convert, what's felt him? What does he have to become a Jew for? <laughs> because before that he was a Jew. There was a nitzutz. There was a spark of a Jewish soul there. That's what it says. He has a nitzitz of an ashama de kedusha even before the gear. It's not a goishinist guy. It's a geishinist guy. Ah, if that's the case, so then when Avram is Megayer, he's not changing it. He's just bringing out the nitzitz, but the nitzitz was there already. So he's not transforming the ra because it's a geishinist guy. 
He's not transforming the clipper versus Yaakov Avinu. But the Rebbe says this is not a real vart. Uh, this is not an. Uh, this is not a true vart because that's what ishapcha means. Ishapcha always means to reveal and liberate and be mevarid the nitzutz of kedusha that exists in everything. So you could say that about all transformations. So when we say Yaakov transforms, it's the same concept. It's bringing out the kedusha that's there, which is trapped and concealed. Because ultimately, even in Ra, there's a nitzutz of kedusha. So therefore, if we say that gear means literally gear, then it would also be ishapcha. That's why the Rebbe says that gear by Avram was it mamish. what do we learn from here? Since the Avoida of Avram and Yitzchak did not transform the Metzius of Ra that they came in contact with, for example, the Plishtim, etc., the opposition was neutralized. The opposition was dealt with, it was nullified. But it wasn't transformation. So therefore, there was the possibility, even in their own children, that there was no transformation. So therefore, the etzim, the core reality of their children, Yishmal and Esav, which had elements that were not fully positive and were not fully aligned with Hashem. So it was possible that even the core Metzius of their own children would remain as is and would retain its toxic components and would not be transformed and refined and sublimated through the avoid of their parents. On the contrary, Yatsu, they would go off, they would separate themselves. True, they did not bother their parents. Their parents made sure that there was no active opposition from Ishmael and Esau, Tavram and Yitzchak. They did not disturb their avoid. That's true. But nonetheless, they did not remake them. They did not transform them. Therefore, we learn from here that the mohus of klipa itself, the mohus of negativity itself, when it's not opposing Kedusha and doesn't have a relationship with Kedusha, Avram and Yitzchuk don't necessarily transform it. And therefore, the Metzius of Ra can remain even in the world of Avram and Yitzchuk. They will not negate it. If it opposes, they will fight it, they will combat it, or they will influence. But if it's not connected to them, not in the positive and not in the negative, it could remain. And they're fine. Because their avoid is not the transformation of Ra. Their avoid is the cultivation of Toivan to make sure the Ra is not affecting them. Let's take a look by Avram. He lived among the people of Ches. He dwelled among them. In the beginning of Chayisara, they say, you're a Nisi Eleikim, you're a prince of God among us. They recognize his dignity. They recognize his specialty and his sacredness. They call him a prince of God, and they say, and you're among us, you're living with us. No. You have Avram Avinu living in your community, in your neighborhood. Vera Mensch. No, because Nonetheless, this did not affect them to be transformed. Mention, they respect him. Yaakov Avinu was also by Lovan, and Lovan wasn't... Uh, <laughs> but Lovan, Lovan's per, Lovan <laughs> had an issue with Yaakov. The Bnei Ches respected Avram. But they're not transformed. 
They remain They remain even afterwards. Why do they remain And he says in twenty-one, I assume what he means over there is that Rivka told Yitzchak, "Katzti I am disgusted because of the daughters of Ches. And therefore I'm going to, I will not be able to live, Lamali Chaim, I will not be able to live if Yaakov Avinu, if Yaakov Avinu marries one of the Bnei Ches. That's what he says in 21. I'm disgusted from Bnei Ches. What's Pshat? What's Pshat? Avram Avinu was there in the seal, yeah, they respected him, they liked him, they gave him a caver, okay, they wanted a lot of money, but to say they were transformed, they weren't transformed. I, Avram Avinu, was living among them, he's living among them. They can have good relationships as neighbors. Avram Avinu did his thing, and they said, Avram, 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 but me, it's not going to affect. Adkat. So you could be sitting, Avram Avinu was in your midst, Katsli b'chaim they agree to his request, they'll sell him the Maris Machpela. They won't bother him, and they'll be agreeable. And if they could help him, of course, for a couple of dollars, they'll help him. They're not here to fight him and make a war. MS. They'll allow him and they'll respect him, and they'll even take pride in it. They'll even tell the Avram, Avram, Avram. But to say that their mohus is affected, they become real Talmidim, real children of Avram, we know not. And even all the people that Avram was Makarav didn't last, as we learned before from the Rambam and Rabbi Isaac Hamel and Chana Ariel Parches Vayera. So here you have the classic model. There's Clipper right now, Avram Avinu. They're touched by it. They're, they're, they're certainly respect him. They like him. But I'm going to remain Bnechez. <laughs> This is a fascinating idea. You can have Tachlis Hagdusha, obviously, and I'm going to cover right near you, and Avram Avinu has good relations with them. He says, I, I, I live with you. I'm still a Geir. I'm still an alien. The void of Yaakov is different. If he comes to a place, that place has to change. It's very different avoid. When Yaakov, Yaakov can just deal with the clipper being clipper, you don't bother me. Live and let live. No. Live and make live. Not live and let live, live and make live. The void of Yaakov is levada, to refine, to transform, to elevate, even the whole world, the world itself. That which is clip and sitrachra, what he comes in, what he doesn't come in contact with, he doesn't come in contact with, but what he comes in contact with is never going to be the same. That's his avoid. Vayelacharana, he goes into the world of charan, charan, avshalmakim, and that's where he builds his family. He doesn't build his family in Ertisra. Unlike Avram Avinu, unlike Yitzchak Avinu. When he is somewhere, it gets transformed. By him, mitase shleim. It's also to think he has a child, and the child is, you know, black sheep in the family. No, 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 no. The mo- the, when I'm done with you, you're going to be the tzaddik hadar, mitase shleim. The way he looks at the child, he sees a different child. He sees the potential for Gdusha, mitase shleim. And that's the pshat, Yaakov Tikkun Phyllis Arvis. Avram was Mesach and Shachris, Yitzchak Mincha. Shachris, the sun is rising. 
The sun has just risen. It's light outside. Mincha, it's still light. Afternoon. Yaakov tikkens filis arvis. This is the tefillah of darkness. Vayetzi Yaakov be'eshav vayelecharon. What's the next pasuk? Vayivga ba'mokim vayolin sham kivah Hashemesh. He encounters Hashem after sunset. The Gemara says in Brachas Yaakov tikkens filis arvis. Yaakov takes the night and he transforms it into a tefillah. Tefillah is miloshin chibur hatoyful klei cheres. Tfila means connection. He takes the night and he turns it into a connection. It's a whole beautiful Swasemis about this. Yaakov takes the night of Mairiv, Tfilas Arvis he takes. He takes night, Choshech, and he turns it into a relationship. Like the Balchuvas. He doesn't look at darkness and say, okay, you don't disturb me, I won't disturb you. He's Megala the Achdus in Erev also. That's the Avayt of Yaakov. Therefore, every child continues his path. There's no child who's excluded. The Gemara says in Tainus, Yaakov in His children are alive, he's also alive. Asks the Rebbe Chafav once, Avram also, Yitzchak also, but there's something unique about Yaakov. Yaakov Leimes. Because Avram, part of his Zerah went to Yishmol. Part of his Zerah of Yitzchak went to Esau. By Yaakov, Zaroi Bachaim, the Rebbe Taich Zaroi, Yedin Nekudafun Zain Zerah, each one of his descendants that captures the Zerah, the seed, the sperm of Yaakov, the, the procreative substance of Yaakov Avinu, Bachaim remains alive. Atam Advekim Hashem Alekechim Chaim Kol Chamayim Mitas Yishlema. By Yaakov Avinu, there's no Choshech. When he sees Choshech, it's an opportunity to transform it into Ur. Mitas Yishlema. Hu Bachaim Zaroi Bachaim. Every one of his children that has his koiches, koichi v'roshis only the zera is the koich of the person, like the Ramam says in Hilchus Deus. Bachayim remains connected to life. Talit. We now come to the answer on the question. Al pizeh yuvon. Mashavram v'itzakar subrisim avimelech v'yishlimu yimayadei ha-shvua. Ki tachlis et shal shvua krisus bris kizuare yulifu b'chol toikif. Al kol echod me'ad zdodim shalai yusnagid l'sheni v'lai yuskaitid v'yilchim emayim. V'hi halai hoi sekavon osam shal avram v'yisegam ashen nishbul avimelech v'karsim e'es abris shalai yusnagid lehem v'lai yafriyam b'avidosam avol me'idoch e'in inyana shal shvua krisus abris l'ifol sheni b'mohusi shal avimelech v'lai yafriyam b'avidosam avol me'idoch now we'll understand why Avram and Yitzchak could make a treaty and a covenant with Avimelech and make peace with him through a Shavua. What was the purpose of the oath with Avimelech? What was the purpose of the covenant? It was in order to impress and, and, and give this covenant validity and strength that each one of the sides should stop bothering the other. Avimelech wanted Avram and Yitzchak shouldn't interfere into his business and they wanted Avimelech should make sure that nobody interferes into their business. There should be no wars, no quarrels. It's like a peace treaty between two countries that were enemies. What's the point? The point is, live and let live. How friendly will we become? We may be very friendly. We may be not so friendly. But the point is, let's have clear boundaries, live and let live. And that was the point of Avram and Yitzchak. Why did they accept this covenant? Why did they accept this oath? They wanted Avimelech should not oppose them. Avimelech should let Avram and Yitzchak be the Avos of the Shechina, of the Sein and Merkavina, Shamas of Atzilus. He should not interfere their Avaitis Hashem. The point of the Shavu and the Christus Bris was not to change Avimelech in his core, to metamorphosize the core of Avimelech and to turn him into Kedusha. That wasn't the point. The point was Avimelech should be a person who respects Avram and Yitzchak and lets them live and lets them be. Not that he should be transformed. That wasn't the point. It was like a peace treaty between two nations. 
As he says in 23, We see this from the fact that Yitzchak has to renew the covenant, and even Yaakov thought he has to do it, and that's why he ran away, he went away from Beershava. Why? If Avimelech is a transformed person, what do you have to make a new Christus bris? He became a chassid of Avram Avinu. He didn't become a chassid of Avram Avinu. He remained Avi Melech, Melech Plishtim. Just like Nechais, Nesiel Lekimata Besecheinu, Yer Avram Avinu, Ich Bleib Chais. And that's the difference. You could sometimes be close to a tzaddik. You can gain from the tzaddik. You can grow from the tzaddik. But lay nogavalei paga. Me, myself, I'm not going to change. I'm going to remain an Avi Melech. I'm going to remain Bnei Chais. Katsti b'chayu nebnei islam I have Ramavinu is living among you, he's living among you. You made a treaty with Avram and Yitzchak, a treaty, they're good people. Psst, Avram and Yitzchak. You may even donate a check for their, for their organization. Uh, yeah, a big check for Avram Avinu, a big check for Yitzchak Avinu. But you want me to be transformed? Zoy sloy, zoy sloy. That's nish. A treaty? Yeah, peace? Yeah, I like you. You're chash of a man, you're chash of a person. Psst. It's a different avoider. By Yaakov, this doesn't work. When Yaakov touches Klippa, it becomes gold. Yaakov is live and make live. Be a mechayechayim. Mechayechayim it mechayim. He cannot make a peace treaty with Avimelech. He cannot allow Avimelech to remain in his tzir, intact. What Yaakov touches, what Yaakov comes in contact with, has to become Kedusha. Yaakov can't touch an Esav and let it be Esav. He can't touch a Yishmol and let it be Yishmol. Yaakov's avoid is to transform the world. Yaakov can't come in contact with Avimelech and Avimelech should walk out of the encounter untouched, unmoved. No. Once you finish an encounter with Yaakov, you're never the same. I once read an article, it just reminded me, from Geula Cohen. You know who Geula Cohen was? Gula Cohen was a Chavar Knesset in Israeli parliament for decades. Many, she passed away not long, not, not long ago. She was in her 90s. Gula Cohen, she was a very, very interesting personality. She was a fighter for the Jewish people and for, for, she had very strong traditional feelings. I once read an article she wrote either in Ma'ariv or Yediyot Acharnot. These are Israeli secular newspapers many years ago. I believe in the late 60s or in mid-60s. She came to visit the Lubavitcher and she was there for a few hours. And she wrote up the encounter. An incredible, incredible article, something special. But I, I remember her, her ending. She said, I have sat with many people in my life. She was a, I think she was a partisan also. She fought in the war against the Nazis. She survived. She was a very colorful person, a courageous person. And she, she was a personality and, and a, a very genuine, a real Jew, very committed to her people, to Israel. And, um, so she says, I've sat with a lot of people. She said, you sit with a chacham, a brilliant man, you leave the meeting, he remains brilliant, and you remain dumb. You sit with a great leader, you leave the meeting, he remains to be a great leader, and you remain a victim, or a simple person. You sit with a brilliant artist, a brilliant musician, the greatest architect, a great author. It's wonderful, you're inspired, you're affected, but you leave the meeting... He remains the great talent, and you remain the simpleton. She says, but then you sit with a maimon, with a real believer. 
and you go out of the meeting and you're also changed. Ki ha-maimin, maimin Because the real believer believes in you too. So you go out of the meeting changed. And she said, Lubavitch Rebbe is a chachem, and he's brilliant, and he's a manik, but most importantly, he's a maimin. And the maimin believes in you too. It was such a powerful idea. I can come out of a meeting with you, and you're a great, great person, and I respect you. But who am I? I am uh, YY. <laughs> or I could leave the meeting, and I'm never the same. Because a part of you, you have now given me. It became part of me. That's the difference. Yaakov Avinu's avoida was of a different avoida. He can't just make a treaty with Avimelech. Avram and Yitzchak could, but Yaakov's avoida is that when he sees Klippa, it has to be redone, it has to be remade through Iskafia, which is subduing it, or Ishapcha, which is transforming it. There's different levels in Yaakov also. He cannot just make peace with Avimelech the way Avimelech remains Avimelech. I, he made a treaty with Lavan. <laughs> he made a treaty with Lavan. Take a look in 24. Yaakov made a treaty with Lavan in Vayetze. <laughs> It says, we're not going to pass. They made a, 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 a mechitza, gala vonem galed, a mound of stones. You're not going to pass. I'm not going to pass to harm each other. But for business relations, yeah. And what's the concept of business relations? It's ultimately to elevate the sparks that exist by love and also. So Yaakov Avinu would not just create a, a, a mechitza. You live and I live and there's no relationship. No, no, there's no negative relationship. A positive relationship there's going to be. I'm going to search to transform you. Now we have a whole new geshmak in the medrash. What's I cannot make a shul with Avimelech. I have Ram and Yitzchak made a shul. That's their avoid. I'm not Avram and Yitzchak. I cannot make a peace treaty with Avimelech in which he remains Avimelech. He remains in his seer of Melech Plishtim. If there's a relationship with Yaakov, it's mitasi shlemi, you have to be transformed. So vayetz Yaakov be'er shava. Why? Because vayelech harana. Vayelech harana is not stam, extra words in the Pasuk. Vayelech harana explains it. Because he cannot make a peace treaty with Avimelech, because he cannot make peace with a Metzius of Ra. If he comes in contact with Ra, he has to transform the Ra. He has to redefine it. And therefore... He cannot live with Avimelech in this way. It's not going to work. So therefore, he leaves the Shvua. So he doesn't stay in his place. Because that's not the avoid of Yaakov to remain in his place and let Avimelech remain in his place. And we will have a treaty. He goes into Charon. Charon of Shomakim to transform it into holiness. Now you might say, so why didn't he go to Avimelech and transform him? But Avimelech also has to be ready. <laughs> Right? Avimelech has to be ready. What he touches has to become gold. Not live and let live, live and make live. But the, the, the Makabal has to be open to it. Just like with Lovan, he didn't just transform Lovan. It's, it's a big avoid, and at the end, Lovan remained a rami oivadavi, a, a, a deceiver, a thief. But mitzad avoid of Yaakov, he can't just say, okay, Avimelech, you be you, and I'll be, I'll be me, and our relationship will be, you retain your identity unchanged. If Yaakov Avinu is in this relationship, it, 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 it affects the clip, it affects the da. There's, there's engagement that requires transformation.
על פי זה יובן גם השברם יצא לחשו לשבו לאבי מלך, אם היה יש תעדי זה משה בשמחס בני. כי באמס לא ישבו עצמה שהיא דרגס אבידוסם, היא הסיבה לעיקוב כניסוסם של בני ישראל לארץ ישראל. אלא שמצד אבידוסם, באופן של שבוע כניסוס בריסי והמלך, נשארה עדיין מציאס הקליפה בתוקפה וישוסה. וכל זמן שרד האלו בעמודי ואיסונוי, הרי זה מניע ועיקוב לביוסם של בני ישראל לארץ. ודווקא לאחרי גולוסי של יעקב בחרי נפש של מוקם בעולם, ואבידוסי בבירי דניוני הקליפה והפוכם לקדושה, יכללו לי השמחס בני בגולוסם ובכניסוסם של בני ישראל לארץ ישראל. So now we answered why the Avram and Yitzhak were not afraid of a shvur with Avimelech. Yaakov was, because Mitzad, his avoida, it won't work. <laughs> it simply won't work. He cannot do it. He cannot tolerate it. It just can't happen. Either I transform you, either I transform you, or, or, or you're not yet ready for transformation. Or I still have to work on myself to be able to transform you. But this relationship... of Yishmol and Esav, is not going to work by Yaakov Avinu. If you're my child, it's going to be Mitas Yishlema. Now we come to the final explanation. They weren't, they weren't concerned that they're delaying the, the simcha of the child. They're not going to go into Yisrael for seven generations. Avram and Yitzchak didn't delay it. It's not the Shavuah that delayed it. They made a Shavuah. This is the diagram of their Avodah. The Shavuah just represents the state of the world. That's the word. Mitzadar Avoidah, where they could make peace with Avimelech, a shur with Avimelech, it means that Klippa retains its yeshes, it retains its arrogance, it retains its hubris. When the Ra is so powerful, it doesn't allow the Jewish people to go into Eretz Yisrael to transform Eretz Yisrael into Adir Eloi Yisbarach, into Eretz HaKadosh. That's the word. The Shavuah represented the fact, it's not Avram and Yitzchak didn't care about the Jewish people going to Eretz Yisrael. Okay, we'll make peace with Avimelech, who cares? Our children won't be able to go into Eretz Yisrael. It's much deeper than that. The Shavuah was symptomatic of a certain state of consciousness, what the world was ready for. We cannot transform the Klippah. We can make peace with it in the sense that we don't allow it to transform us, but we can't transform you. I won't allow you to change me, but I'm not going to change you. Yishmael won't bother me. Esau won't bother me, but I'm not going to change you. And the Klippah will retain its yeshes, its arrogance. In this state, the Jews can't go into Eretz Yisrael. Yaakov Avinu changes the model. He goes into Charem. He doesn't say... I'm not going to change you, but you won't change me. No, no, no. You won't change me, and I'll change you because we're really one. Because Enoid Mulvada. He changes the clip. He doesn't allow for clipper to remain in its yeshes. Now there could be Simchas Bnei. Now the Jews could go in Teret Yisrael. Now there could be a real Geula, a real redemption. That's why he says in 28, the Lashon of the Medrash is Masha Simchas Bnei. He doesn't say Doicha. He doesn't say Ma'akev. Because it's not that they were Doicha the Knissa. That's not. They weren't Doicha. They weren't Ma'akevit. It represented the fact that the Jews are not ready yet to go into Eretz Yisrael. They still need time. It wasn't yet ready. They weren't ready for it. It's not that they were doichir or ma'akavit. That's why the expression is masha besimchas b'ni. It's delaying the simcha of b'ni. Vav. This gives us perspective on the future history. The Gemara says in Psachim that Avram Avinu called the Beis HaMikdash the Haramiriya mountain. Yitzchak called it a field. Yaakov Avinu called it a home. And the Mepharshim explained, the Marshal explains in Masech Tepsachim that this refers to the three Batei Mikdash. Avram is the first Beis HaMikdash, Yitzhak is the second, Yaakov is the third Beis HaMikdash, which is biased, permanent, fixed. Because the ultimate goal comes through the avoid of Yaakov. Yes, there's a Gavaldikam Island, Avram and Yitzhak, that you retain your boundaries and you make sure that Klippa doesn't affect you, but you also don't affect it. 
I don't bother you, you don't bother me. But that means the clipper remains in its toikif. The ultimate avoid of the Jewish people in our Golos is Vayele Charon, to redo everything, to make it Ois Charon Afshal Makim, it should be a Diralah the clipper should be transformed. And that, elevating the world and elevating our own Ran, elevating each of our children and each of our loved ones and our communities and the whole world, Mitosei Shleima, what does this do? It allows for the Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi, the Beis HaMikdash of Yaakov, not just a mountain and not just a field, but a bias which will be revealed with the coming of Mashiach Sitkenu, Mesichas Shabbos Vayetze Yud Kislev Tovshin Chav Vav. I know it's late, but let me see if this questions. We'll take some questions. Avram and Yitzhak didn't transform all their children. Yaakov did. Avram is chesed, Yitzhak is gvura. How did Yaakov do this? Is this connected with Tiferes? It is, yeah. Yaakov was Tiferes, which is a synthesis of chesed and gvura. Because if you just chesed or gvura, you can't transform. It's more one-dimensional. Yaakov combined and synthesized. It was the right combination of hot and cold, bitter and sweet, like the coffee you spoke about. And by the combination we call Tiferes, he was the only one of the others to have wholesome children, despite their deficiencies, and to have a lasting impact. Yes, very well. You explain that whatever Yaakov touches becomes gold. Yet after many years with Lavan, Lavan comes running after his son-in-law and his daughter, his grandchildren, and he's upset at them and he wants to hurt them. Only Hashem came to him, did he not harm him? Lavan was not transformed at all. Well, the bottom line is, as I said, also with Avimelech, he left Avimelech. There's certain things, sometimes the klippa is not allowing itself yet to be transformed. It's not ready yet, or you're not ready to transform it. Right? Yaakov doesn't transform Avimelech. He leaves Avimelech. He's not going to make a shul with Avimelech because Yaakov has to transform the klippa in the right time. Avimelech will also be transformed. Love him will also be transformed. Sometimes the situation apparently is not yet ripe for that or you're not ripe for it. But when Yaakov is going to engage in a, with a, in a relationship, it's going to be in a way that the, the Ra is going to be transformed. I think, I don't know, I mean, we have to think about this. You're asking, why didn't he transform Lovon? Why didn't he transform Avimelech? Stay in Be'er and transform Avimelech. In other words, he realized that his relationship with Avimelech is going to be in a way that I live and you live and we retain our boundaries. I don't affect you, you don't affect me. And with Yaakov, Tzad Yaakov that doesn't work. Tzad Avram and Yitzchak, it does work. I'll do a little commercial. Last night we did the second part of the Rebbe's Siyom HaMaseches Erevin. The first night we did the halachic part, and last night we did the Chassidus part. I thought it will be shorter, but it went for a little more than two hours. So we finished close to Chatzai Salayla. So those of you who have some time, make sure it's double speed. If you could do triple speed, Matoiv but at least double speed. Because if you do it on regular speed, you're going to have to do it all day. You can go to Kailal. But uh, those who still have to uh, you know, pay bills, so you do it on double speed. But I think uh, you will be enriched by the content of, uh, of the Rebbe's Siyam on Edevin. Even if you didn't learn Edevin, but the, the messages and the themes are very, very powerful, very moving. It also teaches you how to look at a piece of Gemara and a Mishnah. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.